You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to BridgesNashville.com. Former soldier and plant life researcher Dan Carlson is known for creating a product called Sonic Bloom. After being in war and witnessing all of the damage and devastation that it did to third world countries, he realized that many of these places that have been torn by war were no longer able to produce plant life and vegetation. And he saw that in most of these places, the reason they couldn't do that was because there were no birds around singing. Now, this may sound interesting, but stick with me here. Birds typically have two types of songs that they sing. The first is called the mating song, and you can probably imagine what that song is for. But the second type of song that birds sing is called the pre-dawn song. And this happens all across the globe, just milliseconds before the sun rises on creation. And what happens, Dan Carlson found out in his research, is that the bird's pre-dawn song is at a frequency that actually allows the pores in the soil to open up and receive nourishment from the sun. You see, the birds would literally sing the plants to life. And so Dan Carlson developed this product called Sonic Bloom that would mimic the pre-dawn song by birds where there were no birds. And the response of nature was astonishing. Plant life and vegetation once again returned to these war-torn lands and people could eat of the fruit. The voice that sang life. Nature responded to the bird's song. Nature speaks and sings to itself. And as created beings, the masterpiece of God's creation, we were designed to respond to the creative voice of all life. We were designed to respond to God's voice, to his whisper. Now to do that, we first need to know how to lean in and how to hear the voice of God. And that's what this series is all about. I love this story in 1 Kings chapter 19, as we look at the prophet Elijah, he's in dire situation here and he needs to hear from the Lord. And here's what it says in verses 11 and 12. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but again, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. You know, last Sunday, during our first Sunday gathering at the Listening Room Cafe, my pastor, Mark Batterson, kicked off a brand new series called Whisper, and it's all about hearing the voice of God. Let me ask you a simple question. What's the loudest voice in your life? You see, we all have voices in our lives that speak into our lives, whether we know it or not. Many are voices that we have asked to speak into our life, but some are voices that we've simply allowed to speak into our life. You know, culture is a very loud voice out there, and right now it's screaming. The world is yelling and trying to prove that the loudest voice always has the last word. Whoever makes the most noise wins, right? You see, culture tries to shape our identity, sexual identity, spiritual identity. Culture is yelling about how you should feel and what you should think. And there's a lot of shows on Netflix and Prime and other streaming networks that want to tell you who you should be. And the same is true with social media. 
You know, earlier this week, you would have thought that the world ended where for eight hours, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp were down on servers worldwide. It was the biggest outage since 2008. But let me tell you uh, what server never goes out. The voice of God, he is always speaking. The question is, are we always tuned in and always listening? If you missed last week, you can catch up with that message on our podcast or on our YouTube page. In his book, Whisper, Mark Batterson shares that there are six secondary languages that God uses to speak to us. And over these next few weeks during this series, we're going to lean in to those six secondary languages. Languages like desires. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. You see, desires are what God puts in us to lead us and guide us as we step into our purpose in this life. The second way that he speaks in a secondary language is dreams. All throughout the Bible, God speaks to his people using dreams. Jacob, Joseph, Daniel, in the New Testament, he got a hold of Pharaoh through dreams. And wouldn't it make sense that for some of us, the only way that we're quiet enough to let God speak to us and listen is when we're fast asleep. Now, the third way is through doors. God opens doors for us to walk through and he shuts doors for us to avoid. And what God opens, no man can close. What he closes, no man can open. And this is often how God speaks in our life and how he makes a way. Now, the fourth secondary language is through people. Hey, God wants to speak to you through other people. And he wants to speak to his other kids through you. And so many of us want to be a mouthpiece for God. But listen, before you can be a prophetic voice, you first have to be a prophetic ear. The fifth way is through promptings. And this is where the Holy Spirit is so key in your life. See, the Spirit of God will give you nudges or promptings and he'll convict you to say something, to go somewhere or to do something. And the sixth secondary language is through pain. I love what C.S. Lewis said, that God whispers through our pleasures but he shouts through our pain. You can avoid the Bible, but you cannot avoid the pain in your life. And we're gonna explore these different ways to hear God throughout the course of this series. But today, I want us to lean into the primary way that God speaks. This is the main way that God will talk to you. It's through scripture. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed. Every other way that God speaks to us filters through the lens of scripture because he never contradicts his own voice. See, the Bible, is kind of, the Bible is kind of like our Rosetta stone, if you will. And when we open the Bible, God opens his mouth. We don't just read it. The Bible reads us. It searches our hearts and it shapes our identity. The Bible tells us who we are. It's more than just a cultural phenomenon or, or a passing trend. The scriptures have been a mouthpiece for God for thousands of years. And it will continue to minister for God to a thousand generations more. Why? Because it's living and active according to Hebrews 4.12. Listen, if you want to learn how to discern the voice of God, it starts with scripture. In his written word, God has spoken and is speaking. But the Bible won't do you much good. It won't make much of a difference in your life if you just leave it collecting dust on the shelf. And for the digitally minded, uh, you can have that Bible app. You may have the YouVersion app on your phone, but if it falls a distance second, third, or tenth to your social media apps, I'm not sure it's going to have quite the impact in your life. 
See, I have a lot of apps on my phone. Uh, some of them I downloaded just for a one-time use. Like I have an app that literally is a level where I can make sure that things on a shelf are level, only used it once, it's still on my phone. Just because you have an app on your phone doesn't mean it's gonna get used. And I would say the, the Bible app needs to be a daily habit in your life. If this is the primary way that God speaks to us through scripture, I think we need to have a daily dialogue. So you can't tell me that you never hear from God if you never open up the Bible. And I promise you, whether you're doing a Bible reading plan, such as the one that we are doing as a church right now, it's a five-day reading plan called Whisper, and you can join it by going to the link in our Instagram profile. So whether you're doing a Bible reading plan or you just pull that trick where you open up the Bible to a random spot and point and start to read. Listen, whenever you read the Bible with intentionality, I promise God will illuminate his voice to you. Something will jump off the pages into your heart. Something is going to resonate in your spirit and speak to you right where you're at. But I'm afraid in this day and age of convenience, with the Bible within reach at all times, we've often overlooked it. Or we've simply told ourselves, ah, the Bible will be there waiting for me someday. And while, yes, that's true, we have to remember that the written word of God is the most precious book of all time. You know, the psalmist actually wrote that God's words are more precious than gold. David, in his famous Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And here we have the Bible, the written word of God within our reach. You know, ancient scribes would often spend an entire lifetime just creating one copy of the Bible. Guys like John Wycliffe and William Tyndale gave their lives to leave behind the translations that they wrote of the Bible. There are still places in the world to this very day where the Bible is illegal and people have to smuggle in the word of God just to get it in to the hands of his kids. Never let the Bible become so commonplace that you let it sit on the shelf untouched. I love the quote from Charles Spurgeon, the great pastor from London in the 19th century. He said, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. So let me ask you, what's the first thing you check when you wake up in the morning? What's the last thing you allow to penetrate your ears at night? If the first thing you go to is checking your email or scrolling your social media feed, I would encourage you, maybe this week you switch it up. Let the word of God be the first thing you run to in the day. I wonder if you let the word of God be the last thing that your ears hear at night I wonder if your sleep habits might change and improve a little bit. Now, I know that reading the Bible doesn't come naturally to many of us. In fact, it doesn't come naturally to most of us. Sometimes it's hard to understand and interpret the words of Scripture. And this is why it's so important for context. Because if you th take things out of context, it loses its weight. Although all of the Bible is equally true, not all of the Bible is equally applicable in every situation of our life. Listen, you can't just read the Bible to get through it. You have to read the Bible and allow it to get through you. So I don't know where you're at today. You might start off with just reading a verse of the day or expand to a psalm a day. Maybe go to a chapter in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Move on to a devotional. Just start somewhere. Now, there are two different schools of thought when it comes to reading scripture. The first is called Lectio Continua. 
And this is reading for breath. It's to go long in scripture. This is where you get a big picture of what God is doing throughout the Bible. This is where a Bible reading plan every year comes into play. In fact, ever since 2009, I've made it a habit of mine to read the Bible from cover to cover. And it helps me get a picture of what God is doing and what God is saying, even in the world today. That's called Lectio Continua. But here more recently, and in our house churches, we've discovered Lectio Divina. And this is where instead of going long, you go deep. It's letting the word of God sink into your heart. You see, reading the word of God without meditating is like eating without digesting. Lectio Divina has often been likened to a four-course meal, and I like this. Here's how it goes. First, you read through a passage. This is like putting the food in your mouth. Then you meditate on it. That's like chewing and tasting that food. Third, you pray through it. This is like swallowing the food. And lastly, you contemplate on it. And that's like digestion, right? Contemplating. So it's reading, it's meditating, it's praying and contemplating on the word of God. Now, the idea of contemplation is tied into being still and being silent. It's making room in your heart to hear the still small voice of God. In fact, the Hebrew word for whisper is dimama, which can be translated into stillness, calmness, or silence. I know you're probably in the back of your head thinking about that Simon and Garfunkel song, The Sound of Silence. And there's actually something to this, right? There is a sound of silence. Fun side note, one of the most controversial musical pieces of the 20th century is John Cage's Four Minutes 33. This actually is a musical piece that consists of four and a half minutes of pure silence, or as John Cage liked to call it, ambient sound. You know, when he conceived the piece in 1948, he gave it the working title, Silent Prayer. Silence is a spiritual discipline, and it's a way to hear God's voice. It's impossible to listen if we're doing all the talking. Have you ever been around somebody uh, that loves to hear the sound of their own voice? I think we all have somebody like that in our lives. They just never stop talking. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? (laughs) But I think we also have somebody in our lives that rarely ever speaks, but when they do open their mouth, those words carry weight. You see, there is a strength in silence and there is a beauty in just listening. In fact, six times throughout the gospels and eight times in the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus uses this six word phrase, whoever has ears, let them hear. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to get angry. Interesting. The only thing he says to be quick about is listening. You know, many of us want to hear God's voice, but few of us want to put the time in to actually listen. Silence is so key in hearing the voice of God, especially in today's culture where it's so noisy. You know, vows of silence are a common practice in monasteries among monks. It's the idea of quieting your soul so that you can hear the gentle whisper of God. He speaks in the silence. So I would encourage you to find rhythms in your days and in your weeks where you can get alone and be silent with God. It says in the book of Luke that Jesus would often withdraw to solitary places to be alone with his heavenly father. Now, I don't know what this looks like for you, but maybe one practical way is getting up a little bit extra early, setting that alarm clock for maybe 30 minutes or an hour earlier than you usually do and taking a quiet walk around your neighborhood. 
in the silence and the stillness before your day gets to that hustle and bustle. Or maybe you're somebody who likes to meditate to music. You like to have a little bit of a soundtrack to your prayer. Can I be honest? These days, most of the music that I listen to in my car is just instrumental. Why? Because there are no competing voices trying to grab my attention. And you guys know this, I care so much about instrumental music. I even did an album earlier this year called The Presence of God that was designed to be a resource to help people pray and meditate on His Word. I found in my life that God speaks loudest when I'm quietest. So maybe you can find a block of 15 minutes. Maybe you can do a little bit more, but just get alone with God in silence and be still in his presence. And when I was a sophomore in college, uh, I had made a decision not to date again until the Lord showed me who my wife was going to be. Now, this is a bold prayer to pray, but I didn't want to just casually date anymore. I didn't want to take the risk of hurting myself or hurting others anymore. And just a few weeks into my sophomore year at Virginia Tech, wouldn't you know, I met a cute young blonde from Bristol, Tennessee named Sarah. And we became fast friends and pretty soon we knew this could progress into something more. And so I did probably the most mature thing in all of my college years. I went to Sarah and I said, hey, let's take a week where we don't see each other or talk to each other. Let's just pray if this is something that God wants us to pursue. I know that's a big deal for a 19 year old, right? But every day during that week, I got up early. I went down into the study hall of my dormitory and I prayed and I sat in silence, hoping to hear the whisper of God. I kid you not, on day seven of that week, I heard the still small voice of the Holy Spirit just whisper a simple phrase, restore her crown, restore her crown. Now for weeks, I had no idea what that meant until I found out that in Hebrew, the name Sarah means princess. Now listen, I don't know uh, where you're at today. I don't know how, when, but eventually, if you sit in silence in front of the Lord and be still in his presence, you will hear that whisper. You know, this series, this message, and this method of God whispering to us, it really gives us a powerful insight to his heart for us, doesn't it? It shows us that he's a father who loves to just be with his kids and speak to us. You know, my kids are now uh, seven and nine years old, but when Nora and Moses were little, I would always say, hey guys, I've got a secret. And they would come close and, and uh, I would say, love you. You know, nowadays, whenever I say, I've got a secret, they say, dad, we already know. We know what you're gonna say. But when they were little, the, the element of surprise was still there. And so I said, love you. And if you hear nothing else today, I want you to know that when God draws you in close to whisper, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear, I love you. I love you. You know, the voice of God is not something to fear. Why? Because it's bathed in his love and where perfect love is, it casts out fear. God wants you to know today that he loves you so much. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his son, that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have life everlasting. Jesus was one of the best ways that God spoke to us in flesh. God spoke to us through his son. He speaks to us in silence and he speaks to us through scripture. So let me close with one last thought. You know, it's amazing to hear the voice of God, but it can't just stop with the art of listening. Hearing has to propel us to action. 
It's not well thought, it's not well heard or well intentioned, good and faithful servant. No, it's well done, good and faithful servant. James 1.22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. We can't just be hearers of the word, we have to be doers of the word. Peter Marshall, former chaplain of the Senate, said, I wonder what would happen if we all agreed to read one of the gospels until we came to a place that told us to do something, then we went out and did it, and only after we had done it, began reading again. I'll tell you what would happen. His kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Revival would break out. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.